Welcome to another episode of Starting Somewhere With. This is where I interview another online business owner. And today, I have Jessie Williams, who is a business coach and mentor based in Melbourne. Jessie teaches where business meets shadow work. And this is exactly what this episode covers. If you've been tuning into the recent Start Somewhere episodes, you know I've been trinkling a lot about shadow work, energetics, embodiment, and this episode is full of so many juicy nuggets. Guys, get your notebooks and notes app on your phone ready. We speak all about the power of being open and honest about your business revenue, how to handle triggers, how to expand, and so much more. I'm so excited to introduce you to Starting Somewhere with Jesse Williams. Jesse, welcome to Start Somewhere, the podcast. I'm so looking forward to sharing this conversation with you. But before we do get into the episode, I love to start all of my interviews by asking, Jesse, what is your go-to coffee or hot beverage order? I love that. Um, I'm a huge coffee snob. Um, my favorite order is usually a weak almond cap or a weak oat cap. Um, I've been having decaf lately though, which is sad, but I'm trying to cut out caffeine. So a decaf oat cap is the go-to for now. <laughs> Still committing to coffee, but going the decaf. Yeah, 100%. beautiful well let's jump into this episode there are so many things I really want to chat with you about and the first one I really just want to go straight into this and talk all about the concept of sharing and being super open and honest about revenue now this is something that you really share a lot about on your Instagram which I really I personally really admire I'm sure I can vouch for a lot of people they find a lot of inspiration to that so that being said what was really the starting point for you wanting to start to be so open on this with your audience yeah, that's a good question. Um, for me, I have always built my socials off being transparent with everything. Um, and the people that I look up to and the people that I aspire to and the coaches and the mentors that I find myself investing in are also the people that I, that, that are so transparent and seeing their figures and seeing their revenue has always been something that has like expanded me. Um, and it's interesting because I know that when I started on my journey and, and when I was charging $25 a week and I would have been lucky to be making like $500 a week from coaching and things like that, had I saw someone earning, you know, $100,000 a month or something like that, there probably wouldn't have been someone that I followed um, and it would have been nothing against that person, but it wouldn't have felt expensive for me where I was at because there was no part of me that even felt that that was possible. So I was kind of always looking for people who were maybe two or three steps ahead of me. So someone who was making $10,000 a month at that time and, and seeing a person do that really, really expanded me. And then when I was there, then it was like seeing someone earn you know $30,000 a month and that's what expanded me. And so there's always been 
a level of like, while I know there's going to be people who who see that and there's like projections and it, it doesn't expand them and whatever else it is. I also know that there's people who are going to be incredibly expanded by seeing that and, and just showing people what gets to be possible in the online space as well. I think that's just so inspiring. I said that at the beginning, but yeah, it's, and it's almost like as well, creating that concept of quantum leaping and collapsing time and people following you who may be 10 steps behind you, but they're able to see somebody like yourself and be like, Jesse, if Jesse can do it, I can do it. Like it's really creating that realistic, um, kind of like bridging the gap as well for people. Yeah. Yeah. That The time collapsing piece is huge. Yeah. I've had people follow me on Instagram since before I was a coach, since I would just put up recipes and used it as my own fitness blog and things like that. And they've, I get people damn me now saying how cool it's been to just like witness me along the journey. And and it's fun because I've met myself at where I'm at, at every level. I've held it when I was making no money. I've held it when clients weren't signing up. I've held the flopped launches. I've held the crickets. I've held all of that, but equally I've always moved fast. I've always like, I've not let my ego rule me within my business where I'm making decisions based off what, what I'm seeing externally. It's always just been like an internal piece for me. And um, yeah, so it's been, it's been really, really cool to like see the journey. Yeah. And by held it, do you mean really just um, staying true to, I mean, your integrity and standing in your truth? hundred percent. Like I feel on some level, when I say hold it, it's like being able to hold myself emotionally through the process of nobody's ego likes having a flopped launch. Nobody's ego likes having no one sign up or, or people tell them that $25 a week is, is too expensive or even let's go the other end of the spectrum. Nobody likes being seen as like greedy and, and whatever else the story is, but there's been a level for me where regardless of what's happening, regardless of how many people are signing up or how many applications I have or what people think of me, it's always just staying anchored in. This can be really uncomfortable. This gets to hurt. This gets to be painful. This gets to be disappointing this gets to be anything and I can still move Mm, so I think as well like people listening if they are early on in their journeys and they're not seeing the success they want they are having these flopped launches like you just said what is something that we can really just hold on to in terms of not allowing our ego to you know uh deflate um our confidence and that kind of thing yeah I I think the first piece is first of all seeing your ego trying to play out and just like asking yourself what, what, like being really aware of what feels present for you and what you're actually afraid to feel. Cause, Cause usually it's just, and I see it all the time where people, something simple, let's use the example of like they delete a, a story that they put up or it, it can go all the way through to pulling the pinch mid, uh, pulling the pin midway through a launch or something like that as well, because that's the quickest way to not feel what they were just feeling. That's the quickest way to not have to feel embarrassed or not have to feel ashamed or not have to feel disappointed is to just pull the pin on the launch. So I think the first thing is just asking yourself, what am I afraid to be perceived as? Or what am I afraid to feel with myself right now? And it's usually going to be, I'm afraid to feel disappointed. I'm afraid to feel like a failure. I'm afraid for other people to look at me like I'm failing. I'm afraid to feel rejected. Um, and when you can just meet yourself there and be like, okay, there's a part of me that that I don't want to feel these things, but I can. 
Mm. And, and to me, that's emotional t- intelligence building. So that would come into what can you do? Build your emotional intelligence. And that's just building the ability to manage your own emotions in, in business. And it's it's allowing yourself to be able to see and feel your emotions, but you're not making decisions in your business based off of your emotions. Yes, yes. I feel you explain that perfectly. And kind of a bit of a spin to that, you know, everything's a polarity, everything has an opposite. That being said, when we have these amazing, successful launches and money is flowing, and clients and everything's incredible how do we then not attach our worth and you know get our nervous system so heightened by this to really you know be conditioned like we see likes and we see money and like you know it just sparks this thing so how do we really settle that mm, it's it's expanding your capacity to hold wherever you at so with like holding it's it's holding energy holding money holding clients and things like that and what i usually say to people is like your your capacity is always going to grow so even your your capacity to receive a compliment as an example so you know there's going to be someone where they work with their first ever client and their client messages them a message after and they're like that was great thanks and they're like oh my gosh this is like the best thing ever they've messaged me they said it was great and then you start working with more people you get more compliments people like this is great and then it'll be at a point where in six months from now you're so conditioned to getting compliments that that was great wouldn't do anything for you right? The same is like revenue where the more you build your revenue, you have 10K months, you have 20K months, you have 50K, 80K. There's going to hit a level where if 80K months were your normal, you're not going to be excited by 50. But a lot of people look at this as, as though they're not being grateful for what they actually have, or they're being entitled, or they're always wanting more. And the way I would look at it is you've just expanded your capacity to hold it. Because if we're getting super excited by every DM we get, if we're getting super excited by every drop of money that comes in, if we're getting excited about every new offering, excitement's just a level of dysregulation. So you're not going to be able to hold more than that. So if, if there's things happening within your business and you're always excited, you're always just running off a high. And if you're always running off a high, you actually have no energetic capacity to hold a safe place for your clients, to, to think about the next offer, to think about cleaning up things within your business and setting boundaries. So to me, there has to be a level that, that when we're earning more and the money's coming in, it's not a matter of like, oh, well, I'm worthy or this makes me good enough. It, it's just okay, cool. This just gets to be my normal. So it's just playing into it. It doesn't have to be a thing and it's just anchoring yourself back into it doesn't have to be a thing. Mm, yeah. You answered a question I was going to ask and yeah, really normalizing that this is my new norm. This is my new reality. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been massive for me and like a huge part for me in my journey has been, oh my gosh, I can't hold this. You know, that's been a trending theme for me where, you know, I've hit a certain amount of revenue and I've shared it. Right. Yeah. I've shared it. And then of course there's the two sides, there's the really conscious part and then there's the really unconscious part. So the conscious adult part is like, yep, cool. That's amazing. If I didn't hit that again, it's all great. But the, the wounded part, the unconscious part is like, oh my gosh, what if I earn less and everyone sees that I'm failing? And like, and while, oh my gosh, going from $50,000 months to $20,000 months, it's, it's not a big deal consciously, right? That's amazing to still be making $20,000 months, but there's still a part that's like, I'm going backwards and people are going to see that. So there also needs to be a level of just like holding yourself in, in being visible and being seen and in reaching new levels and that like, that it gets to be okay and that you can hold it. And even if you go through a state of going backwards a little bit, it's, it's, it's not a big deal. 
And it really is that piece as well. Time is fluid. Sometimes, you know, you set an intention to hit a certain K month. Maybe you have such a flop the month before when in fact it's actually propelling you backwards. You can go even further. And so really making sense that, yeah, you can, you can, you know, set out to achieve an incredible goal and it will come when the time is right, when you can really do that work on the inside to hold it. Yeah. And I think there's like two things to speak to that as well. And the first one is that we can have like a false sense, a false sense of growth. Um, and, and what that would look like is, you know, someone could have their first $50,000 months. They usually have $30,000 months, but this month they jumped all the way up to 50 and they're like, that's amazing. But all of their clients paid them for that month. So it's like, yeah, it's still amazing and it's still growth, but, but realistically what's going to happen next month, everyone's already paid versus somebody else may hit a level where they, they, they only jumped to 30,000, like, you know, they only maybe jumped an extra $5,000 that month and they're like, oh, that wasn't a huge increase yet. They've got more people on payment plans than ever before. So next month they could take a holiday and they're earning more money than they ever have without actually being in their business because that recurring revenue is coming in. So there's a lot of things. And and again, a client paying in full, that's epic, but it can look like a false sense of growth. So it's also ensuring that we're not just looking at revenue as just revenue. We're looking at where that revenue came from. What, what actually makes sense there? Was it, was it this false sense of you had a huge, huge launch and every person paid in full. And so a lot of cash came in this month, but over the next few months, nothing's going to be coming in and you're going to have to be rebuilding and reaccumulating. Or maybe the revenue was a bit lower, but you now know that for the next four months, you can predict X income coming in. So, so while someone having a higher month may seem like a big thing, maybe like the the sales, right? Because this is the two levels is there's cash and there's sales and sales is what you're uh, like predicted to get in in total. So, um, so anyone I know, I actually get people asking me this all the time, what's the difference? So for anyone listening that doesn't know the difference, if someone signed up for a $2,000 offer, but they went on a payment plan of, of, you know, two monthly payments of a thousand dollars in in cash. I've received a thousand dollars, but in sales, it's two thousand. So if that happened over and over and over, and you had say your sales was over time, you're going to collect a hundred thousand dollars. But this month, you've actually only received thirty thousand dollars. So there's also levels of like not comparing yourself so much to other people's revenue. You don't know where it came from. You don't know whether it was just a big cash injection, whether they had a lot of clients paying in full that month. You don't know. Like, so, so it's really just staying in your own lane with that as well. Yeah. And how does that look for you in terms of, you know, standing with integrity and like really explain the difference between the sales and cash concepts so people don't get, you know, oh, oh my God, look at Jessie, she's done X, Y, Z. When in fact, you know, that honesty piece. Yeah. And, And I think like, Talking in talking in sales or talking in cash, I actually think both are fine, but I just think it's about being transparent about what that is as well. Not even from a level of um, of like comparison or anything like that, but just from a level of like that's what you did. That makes sense. It's just letting people know that you're not you're not trying to make yourself appear further further along than you are. Mm, it really is that transparency that you know, and people can feel that even if it's just behind a screen. And like, if you're lying about these certain things and making up everything, like, I don't know about you, but I believe in karma. I think that's eventually going to catch up to you. And like, it's just not going to do any good for you. So just be honest from day one. 
Yeah. And it's like how we do anything is how we do everything. So yes. if it's that cheeky little thing that we're manipulating, uh, we're manipulating sh- manipulation showing up for us. And this yes. is like when we speak of like energetics and things like that, you can say all of the right things. You can have the perfect branding, the perfect social media. Everything can be picture perfect. Yet when people actually like come into your world or, or connect with you, your energy is going to feel off. There's going to be a part within them that they can't fully trust you. And maybe they don't know why, but there's going to be a level where they're like, oh, I just feel like I can't, you know, if you're a mindset coach, I feel like I can't fully open up to this person. Or if you're a business coach, I feel like I don't fully trust their advice. Or I feel like they're not leading me in the best way. There's always going to be elements of, it doesn't matter what you say, what you do. If there's a, if there's an energy of like manipulation and things like that, that that's not consciously integrated, people are going to feel that. It's yeah, really embodying what you put out to be because yeah it's going to catch up in the long run you may get so many clients signing up but maybe they're half going to be flops they're going to drop off and it's just not going to do you any favors yeah 100 percent. this episode of start somewhere is brought to you by my latest online program side hustle to profit if you are looking to generate an additional stream of consistent income from your side hustle and you have no clue where to start this is exactly what you are looking for guys whether you have an idea of a side hustle or a passion project or you have no clue what on earth you want but you know you want to start something this is the online program for you I have packaged everything I wish I knew two years ago and how I turned my side hustle, this podcast, Start Somewhere, into now an online growing business. I cover lessons on marketing and branding and content and social media and confidence and everything else in between. Imagine feeling crystal clear in all of your branding, knowing exactly what to post, feeling constantly inspired to consistently show up online. Guys, I seriously wish I had this over two years ago but now it means I can share it with you so if this sounds like something you would love to be a part of guys if you have a side hustle you seriously need to join this there is no better time than now to start generating an additional stream of consistent income who on earth doesn't want that it doesn't matter whether you feel like you have no idea what your side hustle is yet maybe you have so many ideas and you just cannot figure out where to start or the idea of staying consistent on social media just looks way too hard and challenging this is the course that is going to change all of that for you i have a whole bunch of videos worksheets templates guides and more you will get lifetime access to this program meaning you will have this forever you can go through this program completely at your own pace So I really want to touch now, like we've chatted a bit about, you know, being so open and honest about money. What do you believe really are the benefits of talking about money and sharing your income with your audience? Um, a lot, (laughs) a lot. Um, I would say one of the biggest one is, um, okay, let's go the least deep. The least deep would just be that it's social proof. So, so for me in running my business is showing people. And of course, like people can lie about it, but as I said, you feel it. Um, so for me, it's social proof of like, Hey, I've, this is where I built my business and stuff like that. And, um, I know, I know a lot of coaches who have clients that make even more money than them and things like that, but it's somewhat showing that what you can hold. Um, another level would be 
for other people is being an expander in terms of showing people what's possible. Um, again, I think about me when I first stepped into this space, um, I didn't even know business coaches were a thing, first of all. Um, like, like back then, I didn't. I, I knew what, of one business coach um, and I didn't know people were making that kind of money. Like I didn't even know people were making $30,000 a month. Like this was a whole new world for me. But, and if I never stepped into that world, if no one ever shared their revenue, I can, I can tell you now I wouldn't be where I am, 100%. If I didn't step in on social media and follow coaches and see what, how are they making that? That gets to be possible. Um, and I use the example of like um, there was, I can't remember what year it is now, um, but there's a story of the, the four-minute mile and basically it's this story where there was a man who, um, well, no one for, for years and years and years could run a mile in under four minutes. It was the record was over that. No one could break the record and they had, um, you know, professional people come in and they say it can't be done. Like a human cannot physically run a mile in under four minutes. And so there was, there was years and years and years of people trying to break this record and it was the record that couldn't be broken um and then a man did it right a man actually ran a mile in under four minutes and from that moment there's been like over a thousand people have now hit that same record so it was like something that couldn't be done but as soon as others witness someone in their their expansion as soon as others witness someone doing something that quote unquote couldn't be done it became easier for everybody else. So for me, there's a level of of showing people the thing that can't be done, that you can't make $100,000 in a month as a coach. It gets to be the thing that can be done. And it gets to be the thing that calls people into that and beginning to, to build from that too. And then beyond the piece of just like expanding them for like their income, it just, it's just transparency. It's bigness. It's boldness. I think as, um, as a as a culture, especially specifically, I'm going to say Australia, this is quite huge. Um, I've spoken to a couple of my um, friends from the US and it's not a thing over there, but tall poppy syndrome is very, very huge for us. Um, you know, where, where we want everyone to be successful. We want everyone to do well and we want everyone to love themselves until they're doing well, they're successful and they love themselves. Right. It's like, we, we say we want these things, but as soon as someone's actually doing something amazing, we can't hold them in that. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, it's, it's showing other people that they can be big and that they can take up space and that they can share their wins and be successful. Mm-hmm. And, and they get to be held in that. They get to be so beautifully held by others and celebrated for their wins and, and not punished for them. Mm, and then I think it's such a good transition. I really want to talk about, you know, what you just shared that can very much trigger, I'm sure, more than the average person. And so when we do how you mentioned the concept of tall poppy syndrome, when we are seeing somebody achieve these incredible things and like, you know, we want to be, you know, especially as women in power and in support and inspired by them. And of course, there's a polarity when people just resent and they get so triggered in, they may not even realize they're being triggered. And so, you know, was this a daunting thing for you since you've been so open about everything on your socials, you know, since the beginning, pretty much, how have you really felt like, how have you really normalized um, triggering people? I essentially want to say. Yeah. Um, I feel like on some front, I was accustomed to triggering people, even if it was a different way. So, you know, me dancing on Instagram triggered the absolute shit out of a lot of people. Oh, weird, isn't it? Yeah. So so (laughs) there was a level of, I was already holding a lot of projections. So I had somewhat acclimatized to that, but 
full transparency, it's been work and it's still work. It's still work up until this day. Um, you know, I, I've had things where it was really interesting. I had a launch recently for a masterclass I ran visibility, which was all about, um, you know, taking up space, being yourself online, building a personal brand and all these things. And, you know, throughout the launch, I had someone who had emailed me who worked with me uh, about nine months prior. Um, and basically there was a lot of projections there. And, and one of the things in the email was seeing how much money you're making doesn't sit well with me. I want a refund. And it, it, it crushed me because it was actually a client that I had a really, really good relationship with. Um, and, and just for the blatancy of like, Hey, that doesn't feel good where you're at. I want a refund. And I think there's a level of, of people almost project that once you're earning money that you can just take it and that they can treat you differently. And like integrity for me is treating someone the same, regardless of how much money they're making or, or where they're at and all the things. Um, and it was so funny because in that moment I caught myself, uh, I caught myself wanting to shy away. I caught myself and the stories I was telling myself in that moment was like, I don't need to do this anymore. Not my business, but I was like, I don't need to share my revenue. No one needs to know how much money I'm making. I, I can grow a business without sharing my revenue. I can grow a business just by showing my expertise. No one needs to know anything. And, and I just started spiraling in all the stories. And I was like, I'm done. I'm not, not doing this anymore. And I caught myself and I was like, oh, you're launching visibility. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> I was like, well, you're launching a masterclass to show people that yeah. they take up fucking space. Yeah. And, and that part of me in that moment was like a whole new fire lit within me. And I was like, this is why I do this. This is why I do this. Because who, who am I to turn to my clients and say, take up all the space yeah. in the world, share anything you want to share, but I'm not going <laughs> to, you know? And it just felt like, this is what leadership is leadership. And this is the difference between a boss energy or, or leader energy is a leader's like, Oh, do it with you. I'm in the fucking arena with you. I'm handling the projections with you. I'm like, it's wow. like, we're doing this together and, and I'll go first so that it gets to be easier for you. Oh, I love that. I got chills just listening to that. Yeah. It's um, yeah, it just fascinates me when we, yeah, you experience people's projections come up to you. And I think such a big key is just to be really self-aware, which, you know, clearly you very much are. You're able to pull yourself up and, you know, pick apart these stories and not let a comment or an email like that dictate the rest of your business. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's been, there's been things along the way, like, um, you know, when I was making no money, there was projections at that level of like, oh, who does she think she is trying to be a coach, right? And then it's like you get to that level and then the projections of something else and then you get to that level and it's new. Yeah. And then when you're making money, it's it's who is she to be sharing that? That's that's selfish to when, when people can't make that or, you know, and it's just so interesting because I received the projections when I was broke and I've received the projections when I was making money. And it's just a reminder for me that, it's going to be there at every level regardless. So you may as well have fun with what you're doing. I love that response. And I think clearly that's been such a big part of your business and your growth is just being so open and honest about these types of things. And like you said, projections at no matter what level you're at. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And so I'd love to know as well, if you were to start somewhere all over again in your business, what would you do differently? Um, I'm going to sound like the just the biggest cliche, but I would have invested in a mentor sooner. Um, and, and it sounds ironic because obviously I'm a, I'm a coach, but um, I have since invested in multiple coaches and I've been with my current coach for six months and I've already invested up until uh, June next year because I've just seen the benefit of that. Um, I tried to do business by myself for about 
uh, 18 months. Oh, wow. And I was just, yeah, drowning, <laughs> just drowning. And, and while it was fun and I loved what I was doing and I didn't know that things could be better, could be cleaner, could be more potent, direct, faster, um, I was doing the best I can with what I knew was available. Um, but when I hired my first coach and he was fantastic, everything shifted for me. I just, I was really called to be held into a high standard. I was called to, um, you know, there was just things that, that it doesn't matter what level you're at. It doesn't matter how much mindset work you've done. It doesn't matter how much knowledge you have at the end of the day, we're all human beings and, and we have fears and blind spots and things. Um, and I remember working with my first coach and it hit a point where I'd been developing a program and he said, when do you think you're ready to launch it? And I think we're about six weeks into my mentorship. And I said, Oh, maybe another month I'll be ready in about a month and he said what would stop you from launching it tomorrow and I said uh you know and I reeled off a few things and he said realistically if you put your head down how long would it take you to do those things I said oh, two days and he was like and, and I think it was a Friday and he said cool you're launching Monday and this is just such a metaphor for what has been my whole business journey. Um, ironically, even my visibility masterclass, I was getting all caught up in the branding and I was planning out my launch. And my coach said to me, can you get off this call and launch it right now? And I was like, I don't have branding. She was like, launch it with no branding. I was like, I haven't nutted out all the details. She was like, launch it without details. Um, and it was the best launch of a masterclass I've ever run. So there's, there's always been a level of, of having someone in your corner when things feel scary or when you're uncomfortable or when you're unsure and you just just move. So I, I would have done that faster. I honestly think where I'd be in business now, I'd be even further along had I just like not wasted that 18 months trying to do it by myself. Yeah. And I really, it's interesting how you said, you know, the branding and the details, it really is that shiny object syndrome. We get so caught up in the fine details when in fact, if we can just be super self-aware and pull ourselves up, like, Hey, why am I doing this? What is the resistance? What is the fear? Like we can just surprise ourselves at how quickly things can just boom. Yeah. It's like we try to scapegoat onto the, the colors that we chose were yeah. trying to scapegoat. Oh, I launched on a Friday. I should have launched on a Monday or, oh my gosh, I shouldn't have launched around a public holiday. And, and we try to scapegoat onto all of these things, but really we're just not wanting to take responsibility for doing the thing and, and for taking responsibility for the outcome of our launch. But at the end of the day, no one's investing in your color palette. Like they're actually investing in, in you as a leader, as a coach, as a teacher um, or like service provider, whatever it may be, they're investing in, in you and your energy and your expertise. Um, so I want to chat about mentorship as well. So do you believe obviously, yes, in investing in coaches and mentors, do you believe in investing in uh, having the same coach long-term do you, or do you think it's better to kind of, you know, get different energies, different perspectives from different people? Uh, really good question. I think it's dependent. I think it's dependent on the person and I think it's dependent what you're wanting to get out of mentorship and also at where you're at. So Earlier on in my journey, I would say I invested in more coaches that added value. So what I mean by added value was they had a particular area of knowledge and expertise. They knew a system or a process. So I wanted to come in. I wanted to learn that system, learn that process. Once I had learned the value that they had to give me, there was no more value in, in a sense. I was like, they taught me that thing. Um, where I'm at now in mentorship is I invest in coaches that are the value. So the coaches that I invest in now, the coach that I'm working with now, she doesn't teach me this one thing, this one process, this one framework. She doesn't have this area of expertise. She just is the value for me. She just is the expander for me. It's the way in which she holds me, the questions she reflects. So I think 
investing in different coaches if you're wanting to learn a particular process strategy framework or something like that if you're wanting to invest in someone to expand you to reveal your blind spots to pull you forward to clean up your business to set boundaries all these moving pieces I value long-term mentorship. Um, The reason being is the longer you work with a mentor, the better they know you and the better they understand you, they can speak to things in, in a second. So with my coach now, there's things in a session that I would be speaking to and she'll be like, hold up, I've just seen something. And she'll be like, this is this playing out. And, and she knows because she's seen the pattern. She knows me. She knows my wounds, my trauma, my shadows. She knows um, what my trigger points are. She, she knows how I work, how I navigate. She knows my body language. She knows. And the same for me with my clients. There's things where I'm like, hey, this is this shadow playing out. I can see that for you. It's the same thing coming back up again. I can see when my clients now, my long-term clients, they'll be, you know, sitting on a Zoom and I'll say to them, what are you not saying right now? Because I know their body language. And even if they don't say anything different, I know how their body language shifts when there's a part within them that's afraid to say something. And if I had had a client for a month, I couldn't speak to that. I couldn't do that because I'm still getting to know this person. So I think that when we stay with people long-term, there's a level of we actually get to collapse more time and we get to move faster because we're settling in someone's world. And there's a level of safety there too. of just like you just know that your person's got you. Yeah, it's almost like a long-term relationship opposed to just casually dating. <laughs> and, and like how how it's a very different experience, right? Yeah, and I, I love as well how you mentioned, you know, the shadow work and the wounds and that kind of stuff coming up. I think at the beginning of your business, investing in the strategies and the step-by-steps like is so crucial to really understand what business is. And then the, once you're in it for the long run, it really is such a reflection of yourself. And, you know, we touch so much on being able to hold and expanding and collapsing time and whatnot, but really getting clear on what our traumas are and childhood wounds and that kind of stuff. How like pivotal has doing that inner work been for your business and your business's growth? I wouldn't be where I am without it. Mm, yeah. I would not be where I am without it. Um, there, there's a level for me and I love how you said, you know, at the start, it's, yeah, invest in the strategy and knowing the processes, but it hits a point where you get it, right? You know, the stra- it's, it's all the same stuff. It changes. There's seasonal things, things shift, you know, the way in which what's going to trend online, it's going to shift, but it's all somewhat the same. But when you start getting more deeply into business and and you want to expand to like insane levels, I always say, I always say your business will only be able to expand to the extent that you can. So there's going to be a level that if you, if you have a visibility block, how are you going to be showing up on your stories all the time or starting a podcast? If you have a part within you that has, you know, agreed agreed shadow where you feel greedy how are you going to increase your prices how are you going to show people the money you're making so there's going to be levels where you as a human being you're going to be the biggest cock block for your business it's actually going to be you um and so there's been levels for me where you know i have been held back or played small or not wanted to move because of my own stuff because my own fears insecurities wounds traumas um and it's been navigating those things so that i can move through so that i can continue to expand so so that I can be seen, so that I can be a better coach, like, um, you know, be a safer space for my clients, whatever it may be. I, I think it's the most important thing that we can be doing for our business. I agree so much. And I think in terms of expanding, you know, yes, having a shadow coach or a coach to be able to pull you up on your bullshit, basically, but are we essentially, um, are we essentially able to do that on our own, like figure out what exactly could be blocking us? 
so I think there's levels. So with like shadows and integrations and things like that, there's levels. So there's some things that when we, when we see it, we can integrate it just by seeing it because it's like, oh shit, I was doing that. And then in that moment, you can just decide to not do that anymore. So it's just a level of like the awareness piece, but there's going to be things that you can't do by yourself. And that's because it doesn't matter how much, you know, you're a human being who has an ego, who has blind spots and, and you can't, you physically can't see everything yourself, right? There's got to be personal biases and things like that. So do you need a coach to be doing that? No. Can you do things on your own? Yeah. There's, there's quite a lot, even through journaling and stuff like that. Um, You know, this morning I caught myself in some of my own bullshit and was like, oh, yep. Okay, cool. Doing that. So there's levels of that. But if you want to go deeper, expand more, I would be investing in a coach to do that process with you. Yeah, I think um, it's, you know, I've done a lot of work myself in terms of money trauma and that kind of stuff. And it's crazy just from, you know, getting podcasts and audibles and doing journaling and meditation, like just putting the intention out there, being like, okay, and really just approaching it with lots of curiosity and love. Then what's beneath the surface is, and like it comes up and yeah, it's so much easier, but it's, yeah, it's such a fascinating world, really delving deeper into shadow work. I think whether you're a business owner or not, I think it's just so essential, like in your relationships with yourself and others, especially. Yeah, the more you do shadow work and you just see others and you see um, you see the world through a shadow level, you you wonder how you ever got through life before doing shadow work. It's crazy. And don't, I'm sure you can agree, but business is just like the biggest, you know, test, the biggest life lesson, the biggest reflection. Yeah, I think like so many of us create businesses to play out all of our shadows that we're bottling up in our life and, and they, all get, they all get projected. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Beautiful. Well, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you, Jesse. You've shared so many juicy golden insights about so much to do with business and money and triggers and everything else in between. And I love to end all of my um, episodes by asking, what is something you've recently started in your life? What is something I've recently started? Um on a personal level, I've started a, a, like a really intensive health protocol actually. Um, so I'm working with a coach, intensive blood work and, and basically it's very, there's a lot of supplements. I think like $500 roughly per month worth of supplements. It's a lot, um, you know, no gluten, no refined sugar, all the things. Um, I'm just have started hitting a level where I want to optimize my health. So not even, I'm already in great health, but I'm like, how can I have, I'm going to be an optimal human basically. So that's, that's where my, um, that's coming out. And for me, that's helping integrate more discipline into my life, which is integrating more discipline into my business because my feminine loves to rule my business sometimes. (laughs) I love that. And you shared as well before, how you do one thing is how you do everything. I live my life by that as well. Like if I'm at the gym, and I'm dying and I'm like no one more rep how I do this is how I do everything it's just such a it's such a pattern so true yeah beautiful well thank you so much Jesse. it's been such a pleasure sharing this conversation with you thanks for having me